believe it's even a debate at this point in time that people would argue that you would put the milk in before the cereal when it comes to preparing a bowl of cereal. What kind of monsters are we allowing Ooh. out there? Well, wait, say, say, say saying that's a good idea. Say that. Wait, say that one there more time. I want to make people. sure I get your order correct. There are people. Uh huh. Human beings that breathe yeah. the same fucking air as us that think that you pour the milk into the bowl before the cereal. No. And, and those are the insane people? Yes. Okay. Okay, good. Good. We're, we're on the same Absolutely. Yeah. They're not, I don't even know if yeah. I call them people at this point in time. I mean, depending on the bowl, you're at great risk of some splash damage. Right. Uh, sure. You don't even know. You don't ratios. I mean, it's the same with it's it's the same with everything. You pour in the solids before you pour in the liquids. Like that's yes. If yes. you make yourself a glass of ice water, you put the ice in before you put in the water. Even when I make my coffee, uh, if I put a little Splenda into it, I'll I'll put that down first. Then I'll yes. add a little bit of the cream because the coffee add, dissolves it. Yeah, and yeah. it mixes it up. Now I understand. Yeah, you don't that even need whole... to stir at that point. Right, and I know that that can go further back in time of like showing a sign of poverty other podcast discussion but what what there so do you just call me poor because i don't drink coffee no yes apparently um depending on like your level of like financial comfort if you were to put milk down before your tea or your coffee the risk of the china breaking from the drastic change in heat was less and so it was a situation uh. of doing that anyway you put the cereal down yeah and then you pour the milk you pour, on top you of pour it. the milk on top of it because you, yeah, get, a you nice, get a base you get a nice covering of milk on the rest of the cereal yes mm -hmm. and then the ratio is right because you know how much cereal you want to eat well that was my next oh. question go ahead chase bobby are you making it are you making up this this person or are, are you just trying to find a way for us to bond by by making up some fake evil out there that doesn't actually exist. Who is this person? Yeah, I, I, it, it, I, show some proof. Who should, is who is saying to do this? Look, I'm kind of embarrassed. Well, to say let's where not I go that far. There, there, there's been a bunch of fucking talk on TikTok about this. Uh, hey, there's well, your first mistake. I'm, I'm I'm done with the conversation then. Uh, fair and right and true, probably true. Um, my question to you would be. How much milk do you do you put in? That's my final question here. Uh, so I I have a very uh, well I guess it's not a specific answer because it's not like a it's not like a measurement exactly but it is when you start pouring the milk there is a there is a there's a time where the cereal like just slightly bumps up and then kind of yeah. settles yeah as soon as it lifts you're like I'm done. I'm done right there. As yeah. soon as you get any lift whatsoever, that's and that's if, the perfect. If I'm yeah. looking at your bowl pre-milk, yeah, three fourths cereal. Uh, it might be a little higher than that. Like I'll I'll end up like dropping a puff or two sure. uh, it, when I'm moving when I'm moving my bowl from the counter to the table. Okay, Johnny. Any final thoughts on cereal preparation? Like a nice full bowl. Yeah, you you. Again, depending on how hungry you are, sure. You know, it's maybe half full, maybe three quarters full. Then milk, and then you wait until it starts to elevate slightly. And also, yeah. depending on the cereal, it might not elevate at all. You know, 
like a raisin bran crunch, that's just going to sit there. Sure. sure. So the most you wait until it's just beneath. It's like it's like uh, like those islands you see in the Mississippi River that poke up just a little bit above. Those are the, bodies. The waterline. Those are bodies. Bobby, Bobby, I have, I do have a little life hack here for you. Sure. Um, and I mean, you're already familiar with it because I've been to your home. I, I see that you have have a similar system. But uh, my life hack for all you cereal heads out there, and I know you're out there. Uh, take us, take a smaller spoon. Bring, bring the small spoon. You don't need the great big spoon. No. Take the small spoon. Let yourself enjoy big that cereal for ice cream. Small spoon. The big the, oh, for cereal. The big I always spoon. use the big spoon. See, that's your problem. You're so, Bobby. I, I noticed you've got the dog bowls that have like the little puzzle box in mm-hmm. them, so the dog doesn't eat itself I, I too fast and then throw it up. Dogs. Yeah, I got two corgis. I can't. They need to. Themselves. They need to work. They need to work for it. They need to enjoy it. They need to savor yes. it. They can't just be yes. slopping it up. Johnny's over here just slopping up the cereal as fast Slop as he can. Up, no. baby. We're human beings. We we enjoy our cereal. A normal yeah. size bite at a time. That's that doesn't give you enough on a bite. That's like I'm barely tasting it. I've never thrown up because I've eaten cereal. Neither have I. Well, I, With that's a small spoon. I'm not even sure what I'm eating. Are you, I'm getting that little amount. Are you the wow. small spoon or the big spoon in other facets of your life? I mean, it's uh, a good question. It, de- it depends on how much I've been crying that night. Uh, good answer. <laughs> uh, thank you for helping me realize that I picked good friends. I'm Bobby. Chase, say hello. Hi. Johnny, say hello. We're the Howdy. casual hour. We talk about video games. Neither of us actually said hello. Just, just want to point it's that a out. Form of hello. Yeah, but he he asked for a specific. Hello. We didn't. Hello. Get to. Uh, we're here to talk to you about video games and serial etiquette. Tonight is a what you've been playing episode. We've got a big one for you lots of news but before we get into the news at the top of this episode we're going to be talking to you about digimon story cyber sleuth hackers memory we're going to talk about cardboard kings might even talk a little bit about lovers in a dangerous space time maybe some battle tech definitely some dune spice wars and all kinds of news including that new sonic origin maybe some halo news i don't know we'll just see how things are going but that's going to be in the back half of the episode we've got a lot of fun for you here I would love it if you, Chase Kinnicky, the gamer on the go, would tell yeah. me a little bit more about Digimon. Would you love that? That doesn't yeah. sound like something you would love. I don't know. I don't know a lot about it. Verdict's out there, man. I mean, it's 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 Digimon. So, I mean, that's... I, I would think... I mean, that's... You do... Digimon's an anime. Is it? Well, I know a lot about yeah. those. Okay. Okay. I know you're a big anime fan. Anyway, um... Yeah, Digimon Story, Cyber Sleuth, Hacker's Memory, long title, uh, is is an RPG. It's okay. uh, it, it came out on the PlayStation Vita originally, but it has since come to other consoles. I'm playing this on the Switch. There is a uh, there was a previous game, Digimon Story, Cyber Sleuth, and this game is it came out after it, but it's not really a sequel. It's it's actually kind of like a parallel game. That, that takes place in the same story at the same time, just from a different perspective. Sure. Uh, so I really liked the first Cyber Sleuth on, on Vita. Had a great time with it. It was, I think it was like my number 10 game of the year that year. In like 2016, 2017. 
Was it 16? I thought it was 15. Might have been 15. Did you talk, uh, I don't think eight, you talked about it on the five. show. I didn't. I didn't. This was before. I think this was before I was doing this thing. That was 2015. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, I, had a, I had a good time with it. A uh, friend of the show, Jiggy San Magigair, uh, will remember I played this a lot during a PAX East um, and, and probably ignored him quite a bit as I was just playing more Cyber Sleuth. Oh, God. Um, that game is really cool. It's, a, it's an RPG that is, is very Persona-like uh, in, in some sense. It, it has, um, you know, there's kind of, here's the dungeon part that you run around in and, and fight your different Digimon, and then here's the part where you're, you're not going to school, but uh, the first one was like a detective agency, but you'd, you'd talk to friends and you'd do things around that way, and, and so it did have that kind of feel that a, that a Persona game kind of had. Um, and it was a fine, it was a, it was a fine game. It was a pretty solid RPG. I liked some of the mechanics of the way you captured Digimon. You didn't capture them in Pokeballs like you would with, with Pokemon. You, every time you encountered one, you would get a, a percentage. You'd get a, you'd get another chunk of percentage. And then once that hit a hundred percent, you could convert that data into a Digimon that would be yours of, of that exact type. Um, so, so you could you have, would, hey, hey. You would be bringing them in, like, once you captured them, like, they would be coming into your party and then converting them over, or how does that work? Well, you wouldn't be capturing them, exactly. You, you would, uh, let's say I fight two Digimon, and they're of different types. They're, they're two different kinds of Digimon. So I'd get 20% on this one and 20% on that one. So I have to fight just random battles, find those same Digimon a number more times before they get to 100%. And yeah. then I can go to the the kind of i guess the pokemon center equivalent and i could convert that data into gotcha. a copy of that digimon that is now mine to to then use in a in a pokemon style battle cool. um but you could also wait until they filled up to 200 percent, and then you'd get a digimon the, the same digimon but with better stats uh, and the stats feed into also how you evolve the Digimon, which uh, I, I guess they did that in, in some previous Digimon games. This is really the first Digimon game I ever played. I like Digimon a lot. Um, I, I watched a lot of the anime and had a pretty good time with it. Um, you know, Pokemon was always better, but I, I enjoyed Digimon. Anyway, um, I, I like the, the evolving mechanic too, because Digimon could evolve into all sorts of different things. You'd get a you get like a big list of things that this thing could digivolve into, but it would have requirements for all of those. They had to have you know this level, and then they had to have this uh, these stats, um, and then they had to have this much friendship. And you gained friendship by having them out with you in battles, um, or or you'd have to have two of of these specific Digimon together, and they'd have to have friendship meters so high so they could do like a fusion thing because that was something that happened in one of the seasons of Digimon. Um, I just thought it was really interesting. And, and also you could de-evolve any of your Digimon back to a, an earlier form to get them to a point where they could get even bigger stats so they could hit... Like sometimes you'd have to go backwards to go forwards. I couldn't digivolve up to something because I didn't have the stats for it, so I digivolved down to something, so the stats piled on even higher, so then I would go die. back. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> Here's the thing, yeah, there's gonna be a, you hear the word digi a lot, especially in the dub stuff of Digimon, it just, it's just how they roll. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, I thought that game was good. That was the first Cyber Sleuth. Hacker's Memory it came out uh, a year or two later, it, and it's kind of just the same thing in so many different ways. It's uh, it, it's literally the same story. You're just being told from a, it's being told from a different perspective. There's some new characters, but you run into a lot of the old characters. And it came out at a time where I was that that first game was still so fresh. I was like, I don't like this. Is just the same game. It's got the same mechanics. It's got the same areas. Uh, everything here is the same. I just don't feel like playing this again, even though it's technically a new thing. And so I didn't, and I put it on the shelf, and I never touched it again uh, until yeah. I kind of just decided now. Yeah, uh, we, we talked about it in the April preview. April is is slash was kind of weak uh, just for new releases. So I thought this would be a good time to go play something. Uh, also, my the, the Gundam podcast I listen to, the next season of Gundam, they're also going to be watching a Digimon show. Um, along with that as their backup show. So I kind of was getting into Digimon again, or anticipating Digimon again to, to watch that show with them. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of in the mood for some digital monsters. Plus, we now know that Digimon Survive, that XCOM slash Digimon visual novel-y, what I, I still don't know what the fuck that game is, but it's very exciting to me. That thing has a date now. It's coming out You've in July. Been talking about that game, I feel for a years. while. Couple, couple of years at least, yeah. Um, but it's it's got a real date now, and it sounds like they're going to hit it. So excited to uh, excited to. I, I've just got Digimon in the brain, and I thought this would be a good time to go back to a game uh, with mechanics that I really liked. And uh, and see what's see what's there. And yeah, it's still it's still that game. It's still solid. It's it's a little bit tedious, but these games are built to be a little bit tedious. And I'm still kind of sure. enjoying that grind of of getting the Digimon and going. Okay, oh, I know these two from this anime. And if I level both of these guys up, they can be the fusion. Uh, and and that all works because it's all it's all built upon the the stuff from the show. But then they also have lore. That they've built through through video games as well. Uh, it's a good time. I, the the complete edition that comes with Cyber Sleuth and Hacker's Memory um, is available on on most things at Steam and and yeah. Switch and Xbox. Well, maybe not Xbox, PlayStation for sure. It was fifteen bucks on Switch over the weekend. It's it's on sale almost all the time, um, and I'd suggest picking it up if you're if you're looking for a oh. solid RPG. Yeah. or two solid RPGs, honestly. But it's pretty good. There's not a ton of stuff coming out in the summer that I'm super excited for, except the Mario Strikers game. So I'm thinking about picking up this new Digimon game. Right. Um, yeah. I, brave. That's Crazy. that's Bold. that's going to be an interesting one, because it's going to be... You, <laughs> it's just going to be a, a much different thing than than we've gotten before. I haven't seen... Um, certainly not seen a Digimon game that's like this, and uh, I kind of, I kind of just want to know more of what's going on there. Seems interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I'm happy that you got a release date. I, I think that that is a very important thing because I know that this is a game that you enjoy. You've talked a little bit about it. At, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being very serious here. Like, I'm genuinely curious, and like, I want to see a quick look of it. I want to know more about it. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I do too. The, the trailers that they've shown are, are all pretty old at this point. Uh, anything with gameplay in it. 
So a game might not even look like that. It's been delayed so many times, it might just be garbage. Uh, but I, I want to know what it is because I've been anticipating it for so long, and it's so different from the kinds of games we've gotten in the past. Like, like I said, Cyber Sleuth and Hacker's Memory are almost Persona-style JRPGs, whereas this one is like a visual novel that has XCOM-style combat, and I believe also Permadeath. Maybe you can turn the Permadeath off, but like that, okay. I, I want to know what that means. How do you make a game like that? I, I want to know. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. What else you had going on? Anything else you want to chat about? Uh, I mean, the regular stuff. I'm still playing a, a Super Robot Wars thing every once in a while. That new content's out. Um, that that final bit of content is out. So I, I, there's no reason not to finish it at this point. So I just need to to keep chipping away at that. Um, we'll we'll get into it at the end of the show. But Johnny and I finished our Nuzlocke for Pokemon Shining Pearl. That was really exciting. We uh, we had a really good time with that. So I'm I'm free from that and yeah. figuring out what to do next for the channel. And I got a couple of couple of ideas that I'm that I'm kind of excited about. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm still just kind of playing playing all the normal stuff. I I am I did finish Pokemon Brown, um, and and it was it was fine. It was fine. Um, but I I did kind of get the itch. Which is dumb because I'm already playing another monster collecting game right now in Digimon, but there is part of me that's like, oh, I maybe I should start another Pokemon Ramen. That was, that was kind of fun. Maybe I should do another one of those. Um, and I need to tell that part of myself to shut the fuck up so I can yeah. play play Got the it. actual video games that matter at the moment. There's there will be plenty of time for Pokemon Rom hacks later or when I'm dead. Uh, well, better time than the present, though. Hell you know, yeah, it's great. It's a great point. Very cool, man. So Chase talked about Digimon story, Cyber Sleuth, Hacker's Memory, finished up some stuff with Pokemon Brown, Usual Suspects, Robot Wars are there, and uh, he'll chime in here on my segment because there's something we checked out together. Uh, but before mm -hmm. we get into that, I, I I know we've talked about it on the show. I don't know at what length. I know we quick looked a demo of this uh, a while back, but a game called Cardboard Kings came out this year in 1.0, and I... I had this game queued up for a while and I, I knew if I started playing it, it would consume me again because I was very much into what the demo was doing. So I've, I've had it on the back burner for a bit and I started playing it again and I fucking love Cardboard Kings. Uh, this is a card shop simulator. It is from Henry's house. Uh, I think that this is kind of it for them. If maybe some other small stuff, um, but you inherit um, a card shop from your father who had been involved in a card game similar to what Magic would be, I think, called Warlock. And you're not battling in this. You're not doing any of that. This is literally you selling cards, rare cards, to people coming into your shop. And so uh, the, the loop of the game is the store opens in the morning to you, but not to the public. You have a computer that has an eBay equivalent on it. And you have an, uh, a mobile phone that you get to read the news, like a Twitter feed on what's currently happening, what's hot and trending in the world of Warlock. What's and happening in the scene sort of thing? Yeah, it's like, hey, 
this influencer is really into this series in Warlock, so those cards are going to go up in price. And the whole thing is about... This influencer wore a card uh, on a gold chain on his neck to a fucking WrestleMania match, so I guess it's skyrocketing in value. Yeah. Yeah, so then it's like, well, everybody wants those cards. So I'm going to start looking online for these types of cards. They get delivered the next day to to your shop, and then you can choose to place them. And the whole thing is, is that you're earning a reputation and you don't want to be ripping people off too much, but you also mean netting a profit. And, uh, there's a bunch of talking heads that come in that you build a relationship with. And there's some really cool story beats that happen with it. It's got an awesome style to it. It's very easy to pick up, very easy to lose yourself to. Um, it is current. There's a dog named Piccolo. Yeah. Piccolo's. Awesome. Uh, but what more can you want? I mean, Bobby, Bobby, let me ask you this. I, I kind of remember the quick look. I remember the style and thinking it was cool. I, I remember working in the card shop, but the the cards themselves, there's no way to play that card game, right? There's not, but you need to be familiar with the different aspects of it. So there's different it, rarities, levels of cards that you'll need to know, and like the different things of like, this is a brain card versus a lip mm-hmm. card or whatever you know is the from what you've seen is the card game inside the game functional like if if somebody went out and actually made physical wizard cards could they play a game with it or is is it abstracted enough where it's just hey there are these things you need to know for the mechanics of cardboard kings the video game that you're playing um that you don't need to know the the particular mechanics of the the in-game on, on one hand i would say that you could probably like create some headcanon and maybe it opens up later on like i know that there's an event getting ready to take place at my shop where there's a new series re- launching so people are going to come bid on the cards and probably play a bit of it they don't really go into that too much uh, but they do have you collecting sets so there's damage cards, there's like shiny cards, there's pristine cards, etc. And you have uh, a binder that you can, there's a, a whole thing that you're trying to do, like a game within the game of creating your sets. And so I know that there's enough cards that you could probably run through the game if you understood the game mechanics. I haven't had that happen yet. I know just recently they added in three new sets. I mean, there's hundreds of cards in this game with individual artwork on all of it. It's like, it's all there. It's really well done. Maybe there is a way to play that. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I, I, I know I said this on the quick look and it's, it's just never going to happen, but man, if you could, if you could get the Pokemon card game, if, if Nintendo, if uh, just game freak and the Pokemon company. Yeah. Like if, if yeah. you just had the ability, Hey, let's make the game that, we can talk about it's it's the same thing i just want the same thing just with the pokemon skin over it i want the twitter the fake twitter in the game to talk about the the holographic first edition charizard and then i want i I just want that that'd be fun that'd be so much fun i agree i think that this format could be used for a lot of things what i will say and to to wrap up my, my talk here on cardboard kings is i i find this an incredibly wonderful palette cleanser i think it's an easy game to pick up and put down you can run through a few day cycles of just running shop buying cards chit-chatting i think the posty as they call him with the post the postman is like one of my favorite characters this year he's just this dude that's been like trying to buy a house like every like every time he comes in you can just like give me my mail or you can actually like try and talk to him 
and he's like yeah my wife you know like you're it's so like one day he's like hey guess what we got they accepted our offer we got the house you know and like you got this really fun like daily thing happening with him which i think is really cool you also have yeah. a parrot or a bird or a crow or something that talks to you which is fun Cool um, one of those things with wings yeah, so, you know tiny dinosaur it's a cool game so bobby this this thing's out it's out, out. It, it came out this nice. year okay uh it launched uh on february 10th 20 bucks on steam you can get the entirety thing uh the entirety with the, the deluxe edition has a soundtrack 15 percent off for that if you want it's a good soundtrack too um i i really dig it i think it's a lot of fun probably you say steam pc only uh, it is PC only, but I I have not seen if it is deck verified yet or not. Um, mm, I don't okay. see why it wouldn't be, but it, quite frankly, this would be a lot of fun to play on. A, a I mean, there's there is a lot of text in that game. I imagine it could be hard to read on a on a smaller Steam Deck screen, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the very least, something you could dock your Steam Deck and then have it as a as a computer that way. Totally. Which I'm planning on probably using my deck a lot like that. So, absolutely. So that's Cardboard Kings out now. Definitely check it out. Very cool game. Um, Chase, you and I are more than friends. Some I might just, say I've that always, we're I've always said that lovers in a dangerous space time. A game, okay, that came out some time ago that johnny allegedly played and talked about on this very podcast i think, I think he was just i think he was just lying i think i know lying. i played it it was a game with gold you played time. it alone yeah it was a game wow. with gold i don't i think so like several uh, years ago hmm. anyway uh recently chase and i have taken to this dangerous space time for our casual monday stream as we were looking for a co-op game and i had heard a few folks talk about this game while reviewing far changing tide and how there were some similar concepts at play i was like you know what i like those games i like the far games quite a bit let me take a look at this hey that looks slick and then i'd even mention the chase maybe we could try parsecing this which we had not done yet when it came to like our setup and all the shit that we've been doing so we're kind of at an impasse waiting on hardware steam deck for chase play dates whatever it would be for casual monday stuff we said, let's give it a shot. And we tested it one night after either a quick look or an episode or something. And we were just, I, I felt like we both were like, this is really cool. And we stuck to it. And so much so that we're going to be, uh, we're going to be playing this probably in a series on our streams, but lovers in a dangerous space time is fucking awesome. Uh, it came out. 2015 september 9th 20, so our podcast didn't even exist when this game came out yeah. um it is it just it was just that game and digimon story cyber sleuth so the only two right. games in town that was it hey it's all 2015 had to offer um <laughs> so asteroid base puts this out this is up to a four-player couch cooperative game um you are piloting a spherical ship that has a bunch of different buttons and levers that you need to be pulling. Um, you are looking for bunny rabbits that have been caged up. And as you free them, they use the power of love to open up portals that you can take your ship to the next level through. Does the uh, Huey Lewis song, Power of Love, begin to play? Absolutely. Um, in, in your heart, it does. This game's fucking cool. It's got a hell of a look to it. There is a very soothing aspect of like, 
managing all these systems and one person has to fly this thing one person has to move the shield at times you both have to stop and shoot shit there's some really cool upgrades um that you can do that really change the the defensive and offensive nature of your ship and uh, we're having a hell of a go with it it's something that we can't wait to play i think friend of the show uh jiggy san's gonna join up maybe we'll get johnny in there one night i i do think having four people would just be an absolute blast for this game what i feel is really good here you know overcooked is a couch co-op game that people really enjoy but this doesn't seem to have that you know negative chaotic energy in it yeah there's less i think there's less opportunity for sabotage i mean the the worst thing you could do is take one of the the power gems that upgrades one of the systems on the ship and put it in something that's maybe less than optimal but even then it's it's always helpful so it's it's might just be not helping as much as another thing could but it's not it's not hey i purposefully burned these hamburgers and then threw them on the ground um, yeah and i mean which, I'm, I'll, you know, I'll link to yeah. the chat here but you can go and check out <laughs> oh, man. Um, some of our prior streams that we've done uh you can find that right here on twitch but also over on youtube if you want to check out that and we're gonna have an ongoing series that that happens mondays at 10 30 p.m central uh right here on twitch.tv slash casual hour so chase anything you want to add in on lovers before we move on i just i think it's i think it's a pretty cool thing like i, I like the way that there, there are so many systems on the ship. There's four different turrets. There's, uh, or four different main turrets. There's a big fuck off laser. There's a, there's yeah, there a, um, a shield. There's the the driving. There's a map, and sometimes there's even, uh, and we're still really early in it, so maybe they even add more mechanics. In fact, we know there are more ships. Uh, there are more ship designs that we haven't unlocked yet, but. Um, we had a mission where there was also like a, a secondary engine that you could move around and be, that you'd have to try to protect from from enemies. So there's just a lot of systems in there. And Bobby and I are two people. We're we're controlling two characters. Yes. And we're trying to make all of those things work uh, in tandem. And it is it is very much keeping all the pl- plates spinning. And that's been a lot of fun. I, I do think it would be really fun with four people just to have more of those plates spinning and seeing what what kind of things you could what kind of trouble you could get into but even with the two i found it really fun of okay i i took more of the navigator role so i was doing a lot more of the driving on the ship but and so bobby's kind of running around like a chicken with his head cut off <laughs> as he gets onto different turrets that are on different sides of the ship and then i would have to determine whether we were at a spot where oh god there's too many enemies so they're they're coming from both sides i need to jump off the the navigation and jump onto one of these turrets, um, or let's jump onto the the shield and put that in a specific spot because because yep. that might be advantageous to the potential of a battle that's coming up. That that stuff I just think is really smartly done, and yeah. uh, and it's one of the better co op games like this that I've that I've played. Like it's it's more fun to me than the Overcooked like we talked about, but it's also more fun than something like Space Team. Uh, yeah. You guys remember Space Team? That was kind of that was kind of a neat thing. Yeah, but, Space, Team? Uh, Space Team. It's like an app on your phone. Everybody had it, and and you, you were basically doing like the the Star Trek Enterprise stuff where everybody had a a specific uh, role on the ship. 
but things would be called out on your phone that wouldn't be on other people's phones. So you'd have to tell them the instructions of what they need to do, and you know things were timed, so you had to kind of keep the the systems of your ship going that way. And then that was cool too. Uh, but I, I like I like the very focused nature of Lovers in, De- in a Dangerous Space Time. I think it does a, a lot of things really well. Yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with the game and having a blast. I like we we were going to do a one-off stream and if this says anything we were just like let's make this kind of a series so I think for the next couple Mondays um we might take a break here and there but for the most part we're going to yeah. be playing quite a bit of this game. I don't know how long it is but we're having a blast. Yeah, and unless this thing gets ultra hard and we keep bombing out on something or we don't get friends to to come and join us for something, I I don't see any reason why we wouldn't just keep bumping around every once in a while on this thing until we finish it. Absolutely. Uh, and the last game I've been playing, which uh, I'm having a really great time with, is a game called Battletech. So this had, I believe, was a board uh, game. Another turn-based mech game from Bobby. Yeah. God, that old chestnut. Jesus. Yeah, so sorry. tired of these games. Sorry, y'all. I'm just trying to be my best Chase Kinnicky. Um So I didn't know that this was a, a tabletop game at some point in time. Or was, before, is, currently. But I had saw on Steam that there was a, a pretty deep sale for this, and um, the game was marked down, but then the season passed, which there's been three pretty big expansions. This game came out in 2018 um, that has been out for it, and those season passes are story-rich, but also adds in new mechs and different types of stuff there as well. But this is... It's XCOM with mechs, like to, to, to like grossly play it down. But there's a really compelling story to it where you can actually create a story for your character, a background that will impact some of the decisions you make. So there are multiple choice answers to some questions. It's not quite like a, a, a Bioware game in that sense, but there is what I'm seeing is a, a really well done science fiction story that you're you are a part of a mercenary team going out, taking up some jobs. When you start the game off, you're severely in debt. Uh, that gets taken care of pretty quick, but you are doing jobs and the way that they do these jobs, you are negotiating. So there's two levers to pull. One would be for the projected outcome of a financial. So like, I want to make this much money or you can get a, a bid on salvaging at the end of each fight. So versus one slot where you get to absolutely pick one piece of salvage that you are guaranteed to get. Maybe you want to have three things that you're you're going to ask for. And that would come into play on crafting a mech so you can get enough parts in a series of a mech and just build a brand new mech from scratch. Or maybe you need to get higher tiered versions of the weapons you want to slot onto your mech. So the combat does feel very much like XCOM. And you have a lot of dense elements at play. There's a lot of things that can be very overwhelming at the start. But you are up to a squad of, I believe, four people per drop. And there are varying degrees of mechs that you can use from scouts all the way up to like heavy artillery. And the environment does play a lot into your impact with this. So there's a heating element to your mech that can overheat. There's also the ability to knock down mechs without killing them. And so there's there's a health bar that consists of your your core health and then your armored health and if you are 
busting off a piece of the mech and you've opened up the armor and you can start to pinpoint that you can execute the pilot and completely dismantle that mech very quickly. You can also have a mech that maybe is in uh, a forest taking 20% less damage, but still getting their footing fucked up when you hit them. And then you can knock them down, run up and stomp them. So there's some really cool strategy that you can start to play some really great synergies that can happen here. What I have been really enjoying is the shit that happens in between. I, I, I like the combat a lot, but more so than the, the two versions of XCOM that I've played, which is just XCOM and the Chimera Squad, um, navigating the customization of the mech is very fascinating and really fucking cool because you can completely dismantle these mechs in between fights and slot in new things. And so when you pull a mech up, you're going to have an overview of like each leg, uh, the torso, and then the arms. And above that, it's going to say like, hey, you can have up to two lasers on this arm with one machine gun. And there's it's letting you know what you can slot onto it, but there's also a weight limit per mech. So things that you can put on there are like heat sinks. You can put on jump packs. So if you wanted to have more mobility and you wanted to keep your mech from getting heated up, maybe you can't put all the shit on there. So like I've got one mech. He's just a fucking brick shit house. Like he's got every weapon on him, and he is that his name? Yes. Is okay. Um, you can you you can create people. There are story characters that you you can't change that are part of your team, but there are you can go. There's a recruitment a recruitment hall, and that has like each character has their own skill trees. So you're dumping points into things like tactics, piloting, gunnery, all that shit. So it's not just like hey, you survive this mission, you get promoted, you're absolutely going in and fine-tuning each one of your characters. So maybe I want somebody who's really good at tactics or somebody who's good at piloting. Like, I'm putting my pilots in my smaller, very teeny-tiny scout mechs, and I just have them ripping and roaring all over there, identifying enemies and all that shit. It was very intimidating when I first started to play it, but I'm, I'm finding out the loop to be very satisfying. I understand like what I should be doing and how I should balance things out. It's on PC. It's on Mac. Um, I think this is steam deck verified as well. And I think it would be a lot of fun to play on that platform. I, I imagine they've fixed it at this point, but um, I'll, I'll say that I had BattleTech and I, it didn't work initially when I had the, uh, the, my M one chip laptop. Got it. I, I think they've, I think they've fixed that by now but that is something to consider bobby uh like i've i've heard people talk about BattleTech. it sounds like my shit um but but also it sounds just really dense and and from the stuff that you're saying it it also still sounds very dense and oh, you did yeah. mention being intimidated and and maybe a little oh, overwhelmed yeah. when you first started how does how does this compare to um I mean, to something like Into the Breach, Into the Breach is a roguelike. You're, you're meant to kind of mess up and then start again, and that's fine. Uh, I guess the better comparison, what's, uh, what's the other game we played? Um, Phantom Brigade. The one, yes, that one. Like, how does it compare to something like that? Now, that game, I, I think, is still in early access, so maybe that's a little yeah. bit of an unfair comparison. But um, in terms of you know, density and mechanics and... and um, I, th I think the thing I really want to know more is how much wiggle room do you have to 
learn and fail uh, versus like when we played XCOM, that game kicks you in the nuts and then says, well, you sorry, you weren't optimal and, and now you're definitely not optimal. So you're kind of it kind of just snowballs into a murder machine for you. Um, do you feel like you have enough time to kind of get your sea legs and to build something? And if you do run into something tough, do you feel like you're stuck or do you feel like the game gives you enough options to uh, to kind of rebuild yourself when things go wrong? Great questions. Um, so if there's there's absolute story missions that pay a lot and kind of clear out your debt. The second one of those I felt was more or less like we're going to test your metal a bit here and they do it in a way so that the stakes are pretty high. Like you can kill, like you can lose any of your characters, including the one that you created for you and story characters. Um, it's pretty generous on its save state before battle. So like you can restart a mission very easily. So if I do just fuck up and have somebody get killed that like I didn't want to lose, like I can just start over that mission. So I appreciate that. Um, this last mission I was on was really interesting. So you had to break into a prison, which was fun. And there was two points of entry that you had to like bust a wall down. Or if you had a mech outfitted with a jump pack, you could just jump over the wall and get into there and start that, which is, again, people will play that very differently. There's two points of entry sure. that you could bust or you could jump over any of the walls around all of it were these massive fucking turrets, huge up high turrets, low on the ground turrets. And there was a bunch of ground units that were like, tanks and shit coming at you um also quick side note the scale is really fun like your mech just towers over tanks and shit it looks really fucking cool your mech standing above the tree line it's really fucking neat um but anytime that you see turrets somewhere on the map there's going to be a generator if you take out the generator it destroys the turrets and so this place had so many that there was a cluster of four generators but it was nestled way behind enemy lines and so i decided that if i went this path to like go into the the prison a certain way i could either shoot down the door and get in or jump over it but i wanted to take the turrets out and then just use the sprint option so there's a sprint which is not unfamiliar to anybody playing these types of games you can move and then have an attack or you can sprint and forego your attack and just get where you're going yeah, and my my plan was take out the generators and then sprint everybody up to the hole that my big ass mech would open up to go in and do a big prison fight. And my mechs, like the first run I did it, I had my scout get pinpoint like this pinned down. I lost one of my favorite characters who was in that mech named Glitch. She got fucking toasted, so I restarted it. But the stakes are there; like you can lose it. <clears throat> I learned a little bit more as I'm doing that, like. Hey, if I moved everybody together and I trenched them in these, this tree line, they're they're taking 40% less damage. So I can withstand a lot of this turret while I'm starting to do things. The other piece of it is like certain mechs will have sensory locks. It also uses an, as an evasion system. So if I'm using that as lowering the evasion skills of these tanks coming up to me, and I can start to just like pick them off. So I, I basically put two mechs in the tree lines that had 40% less damage that were creating points of interest for the enemies while I snuck around and disassembled this big fucking cluster of generators and blew a hole in the wall of the prison. And it was really fucking cool. I approached it that way. There is probably a dozen ways that people could have went, maybe more, 
to approach that same scenario. So it allows for it does, but also like that's cool. I I what I what I'm trying to answer here, Chase, is is that because of the restart on it, I could fuck up enough to be like, okay, don't do that. Learn from this mistake. Understand your surroundings, because even certain terrain, like I thought it'd have a better vantage point. Well, I didn't realize it. It made me forty percent more likely to get knocked over if I took damage there. And so, like, even learning that shit was, like, it does a pretty good job of onboarding you, but for the most part, it's a it's a great game to feel out. Sure. A lot of, and it's just very overwhelming when you look at, like, I have this big mech in a bay. I just stripped everything off of it, so I have a frame. Like, how do I build a mech? But then you start to see, like, well, it needs a machine gun. Okay, it needs to have cluster missiles. And they look fucking cool. They look really <laughs> fucking cool. And there's factions, yeah. so like each faction does their mechs up differently. It's really fucking neat. It's really fucking neat. Nice. It, yeah, it's been something on my two playlist for for a long time. I I own it. Um, I haven't had something to play play it on for a while. Um, hopefully the the Steam Deck would be a good place to to make that happen. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm glad you're liking it, and that's that's maybe something I'd you know maybe that's something we take a break on a casual Monday uh, and and have me watch you it would be a slow monday but it'd be a fun monday i bet it would yeah but it's okay Uh, sometimes uh i I don't know why i would talk about strategy games it's not like anybody else has been playing you know massive strategy games where you have to be in charge of you know factions and moving people around and yeah what's that about who would do something like that uh i would um yeah so you guys know how much I love Dune. Uh, Dune is one of my favorite science fiction books. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie that came out this last year. When you say books, do you mean do you mean the He's book or do you mean books. all I, of the books? I have read Dune, and mm-hmm. I have started Dune Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dune is, is that is that the second Dune? It is okay. Uh, it gets complicated because. Frank Herbert um, wrote six, uh-huh. and then his and son then picked he, up, and yeah. apparently those aren't as good. That's what I hear. Um, but also, when Doom Messiah came out, people didn't really like it at the time because it they took. Anyway, we don't have to get into it. Um, we, I mean, I would love to get into it because I I have another friend who talks a lot about Dune, so I know uh-huh. way too much about Dune. Oh, okay. Despite, despite knowing jack shit about Dune. Uh, um, it's an incredible... For other listeners. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible sci-fi universe. It is... It's, it's so influential, and so much of the sci-fi that we have today owes itself to, to Dune coming out in 1965. Um, and uh, there... In the 90s and I think early 2000s, there were some Dune strategy games that people that people really liked. And uh, last last year, right? Like was it last summer or in the fall, sometime like that? Um, when Dune shoot, came out. No, uh, when, when they when, announced this game. When Dune Spice Wars was announced, um, it was I think it was around the time the movie was coming out. Uh, but it's a studio called Shiro Games. Uh, who've made uh, Northgard and Evoland. I've heard Northgard's good. I've played Evoland. Evoland's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I this is my first experience uh, with this studio. Northgard looks um, awesome, by the way. 
if you okay, like this yeah. type of game, North Card's really fucking cool. I do. I do. I love these kind of games. I love Civ. I love Crusader Kings. Uh, I played a little bit of Total War Warhammer 3 and Warhammer 2. So I, I enjoy a strategy game. And if you're adding in one of my favorite science fiction universes to the mix, what's not to love, right? Um, is this a traditional 4X style game, or is it mm-hmm. a different thing? Okay. Yeah. Do uh, you remember the four, what are the four X's, Johnny? Oh God! Uh, it's a quiz. There's uh, dodge, dip. No, yeah. that's oh, yeah. dodge. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Chase. I don't know. All right. Let me let me let me pull it up. Uh, one's explore, explore, expand. Wish I remembered. Uh, I can look okay. it up too. Explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. Mm. That makes sense. Right. Okay. okay. All right. And you were doing all those things in this game. So um, you can play as one of four factions. You can be the, uh, the Atreides, the Harkonnens, Smugglers, or the Fremen. Uh, each one of those factions. Who, who are the Smugglers? I don't remember them in, uh, in the Dune movie. You know, they're like pirates, basically. Um, mm. Okay. Um, but you know the random fourth Dune faction. Everybody remembers them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they mentioned smugglers at some point. Han Solo, uh, he was there. Yeah, exactly. Han's there. Chewie's there. Yeah, give um, me your spice. <laughs> and uh, each one of those factions, you know, as you'd have in a sieve or something like that, they have a leader. And depending on the faction that you pick, you know, they might be more well suited to achieving a certain type of victory. Um, and there are... I had to look this up because I couldn't remember. Uh, so there's domination victory, political victory, and hegemony victory. Uh, so uh, domination, you know, that that's exactly what it sounds like. You are uh, using your military and, uh, you know, taking over places... And there's a political victory uh, where you become like the de facto leader of Ericus or Dune. Uh, and there's a hegemony victory. The he- hegemony is, am I saying that word right? You're the expert. No, yeah, yeah, basically. Okay. Uh, so that's like the currency that you earn by doing certain actions. Um, okay. So a financial, a political, or a military. That's yeah. Kind of yeah, and does it all does it all take place on Arrakis or does uh-huh. it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you you start with you know a settlement for your faction. Uh, I went with the Fremen because uh, they. Would. I would. Uh, very very know, Johnny move. They're the natives to the planet, so uh, their uh, their spice collectors don't aren't affected by worms. Whenever the worms are active in the area where the spice is. Um, they have, uh, they can get around the desert a lot more easily than the other factions can. You know, like just kind of like in the book. You know, the Fremen know their way around. It's they're the natives to this planet. Sure. Um, and but they're also probably the the least militarily equipped compared to the other. They, yeah. they are actually. Nasty man, they are sure. Yeah, they no, they got to use like guerrilla tactics. They're not, they're not coming out with big tanks or anything. 
Right. But they, they are, them and the Harkonnens are the two most well suited to domination victories. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I played a little bit as the Harkonnens, and I was like, I don't know if I like this. And then I switched to the Fremen, yeah. and I was having. Am I the bad guy? Yeah, Why exactly. Am I the bad guy? Um, sometimes I do, you know, if I just want to completely dominate my enemies. But I felt a little bit better about being the natives of the planet, trying to do a domination victory. Um, and Donnie was also playing the Fremen when we uh, played Mario Kart. Then he, because he yes. was certainly not dominating that. Yes, right. that sounds oh, right. Exactly. Um. So yeah, the game the game starts and it's you can tell this is an early access game. Yeah, um, I have you talk about that because I remember you seemed a little down on this when I talked. I don't about know. If, I don't know if "down" is the right word. It's just like so it it runs well. It performs well on my computer. I didn't have any like hitching or anything like that really happening. Um, you know, and there are common types of systems that are persistent across these types of games with each one doing its own unique twist on it right and you have like a tech tree in this mm-hmm. game you do yeah and you have like you have little notifications that pop up but it's not it's it's just subtle enough that like time was passing and i was doing other things and i didn't notice that oh hey i can add something else to my tech tree or i can uh send one of my advisors to to uh, you know, infiltrate this other uh, this other group or whatever I want to have them do. So I, I feel like communicating that, like as those things become available, would be help more helpful. Um, but like my my expectations, I'm trying to temper them because I know like this is a work in progress. This is a smaller studio, um, and. It just it felt like the tutorialization, like because there is some of that there. Like it's explaining, you know, this is hey, this is what this means, and then you you got to do this before you can do that sort of thing. Because like you you might find a, a place that has spice next to it, but you need to have a certain thing unlocked in your tech tree before you can build uh, the spice harvester. Um, does it does it feel like? A Dune game, or does yeah. it feel like a 4X game that has a Dune skin over it? No, it feels like Dune. Like okay, it's, that's good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm getting that vibe from it, for sure. What were you going to say, Bobby? If you're running into maybe the game's just still being cooked, which I totally get. Uh-huh. I've played a lot mm-hmm. of games in early access that I feel that way about. Might I make a suggestion that you refund this game pick it up at a later date and just use that money to pick up Northgard. Cause I think Northgard would absolutely do what you wanted to do. What if you sold the game you like and bought the game I like instead? I, no, 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 I'm just saying. It's, like, it's, 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 so here's, here's my plan. I, I know that's uh, not what you're saying, but I, I'm gonna buy that. I knew I was going to buy this game eventually, no matter what. So I thought, okay, I'll either play through a full campaign, which I've only got, I only was able to put a little over an hour into this so far, and each each round takes two to three hours according to the developers. So I was like, okay, wow. I'll probably play through once, and then just let it sit, like what I did with Baldur's Gate. Like I played Baldur's Gate for long enough to determine that hey, I'm gonna like this game. It's just not ready. And then and then I uninstalled it because yeah. it just wasn't ready. So um, 
I think that was an expensive early access game. It was 60 bucks. This is 30. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it doesn't, it does feel incomplete, but it's early access. Yeah. Like I'm not, my, I'm not, it's not hard crashing or doing weird shit like that. It's just, I can tell this is a game in active development and maybe I would enjoy it more when it's the final finished product rather than what they've given to us now. Um, well, have, have you been active in whatever Discordy stuff? I'm sure they've got to no. to give them their feedback about what the game. Not yet. No, I was going to play some more of the game. Uh, you know, get a more well informed opinion about it. Maybe you know, because all of these things also too, it's just repetition. You know, it's it's playing through it multiple times and yeah, it's getting the economy to work yeah, just right. It's exactly things. It's, um, yeah. So I think overall it makes a positive impression. Uh, I think that they, you can tell that these are people that love Dune and the Dune universe, and they're not just trying to make a quick buck by, um, you know, like, hey, we got the Dune license. Let's let's turn this out as quick as we can. Um, and, you know, kind of like a, I don't know, pump and dumps the right word, but right phrase, yeah. but. Um, but you, you said you liked the the vibes of it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's... I feel like I'm on Ericus. You know, there's there's little settlements, and then there's... I can see the worms. Like, I, I sent... I stupidly you, had some... You gotta, be, yeah. you gotta be careful, because if the vibes are too strong, the worms are gonna come in. Exactly. That's... So the, the Fremen, a unique thing that they have is they can actually put a thumper down mm-hmm. to call a worm... I'm to, familiar with the thumper. Yeah, it's it's cool. There's is, there's some cool. Isn't yeah. there a Fat Boy Slim song? It was this. It was the. It's the music video that has Christopher Walken dancing in it. Weapon of uh, choice. Yep. That's about mm-hmm. Dune. Is it? Yes. Is it? Yes. Look up the lyrics. Yeah. Dance without rhythm, and you won't attract the worm. Is what he says in that. Okay. okay. Yeah. There you go. I mean, that's a pretty clear. Pretty, yeah. Pretty clear I mean, Led Zeppelin. Most of their songs were about Lord of the Rings. So. Yeah. You know, it's that's cool. Yeah. Uh, All the Beatles wrote about were drugs. Yeah. Fucking hippies. Hippies. Um. Uh. Any any other questions? I know I'm kind of scattershot here. It's just these no, games. No, there's no, a it, lot it, going on. It came out on Tuesday. Like so, this is early access as mm-hmm. of. April 25th? Yeah, I downloaded this yesterday morning. Okay, and obviously, I all joking aside, they've put a lot of work into Northgard, which seems to be more in tow with this than what Evoland is. There's a sequel to Evoland. It's very, I mean, their, their shit has a polish to it. I think this uh-huh. game will get there, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and so you're know. saying still give them money, just maybe give them money for... A thing that they've actually completed first. Take your money back from them and then give it to them again. Okay. Yes. Yes. I might just do that. I don't know. I, I want to play a little bit more of it. Um, now, now, Bobby, can you uh, can you answer me a question? Sure. Um, when when Weapon of Choice also has the lyrics, "Come forward and get your teeth smoked." Word. Um, I don't remember that happening in Dune. Can you? Oh, that's, that's gir- definitely that's, a Dune. That's thing. Gir- help, help me from Joe mm-hmm. Dirt talking at that point in time. So it's actually a song about Joe Dirt and a song about Dune. What if his name was Joe Spice? 
Now we're talking. Now we're There's, talking. That's something, that's um, something. Yeah. So to 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 button it up here, I might I might talk about this again next week if I if I play some a significant amount more of it. Um, but uh, if you like Dune, if you like 4X games, I think there's stuff here that you will enjoy. If you're someone who typically waits till things are actually finished, maybe don't buy it. Maybe wait. And I don't know what sort of window that they put out as far as, like, hey, the game will be 1.0 sure. at this point. And if you like Christopher Walken, watch uh, Severance. That's a great Oh, okay. I was going to say it was a great music. Oh, well, I mean, Weapon of Choice. Yeah, sure. Watch Weapon of Choice too, but like that's shorter. But you should watch Severance. Yeah, good. I hear good things about that. Pretty Speaking good. of the guy who likes the game Control, will like the show Severance. I need to watch that. I love Control. I I don't even really care about Control, and I still enjoyed Severance. So there you go. Uh, Johnny, any other games yeah. you've been playing besides uh, Doom? Just, you know, Horizon. I'm okay. still chipping away at that. I Having made some fun. progress there. Oh, yeah, that's great. I love that game. Uh, get a land I, No. <laughs> um, and, you know, some, some more stuff in my pocket. And uh, maybe I, it's, been, it's been a week since I played Elden Ring, probably. Which is the longest oh, you, you kicked the habit. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. But also, I watched a video today about Elden Ring that made me really want to play Elden Ring. So, well, to be fair, I watch videos about Destiny daily, and I haven't really played Destiny for weeks. Yeah. So. We'll see. Like you're, um, you're out. You're out, but you're not really out. I'm not. I know that feeling. I know that feeling yeah. quite well. Um. Yeah. Very cool. cool I think we're ready for the news. I think. I think it is time for the casual report. What? We have a lot. There's a lot. A of lot of stories here. Uh, we don't have no. to cover all of them. I will say the last thing that I put in here. I think that we need to end the show with because I think it's just a fun. Well, what are we fun starting thing to go the show over. with? Uh, so that new Sonic movie came out. Yeah, let's start from the origins. And I think Sega probably like you know, we we don't have a new Sonic game to put out. Why don't we bundle? a bunch of old Sonic games together and make it as confusing as possible God damn for the it. consumer. Uh, so they put out this chart uh, the, the other day that explained... It, it's really not that bad. It's I mean, bad. the chart the chart is stupid. The chart is stupid. Sonic Origins is Sonic 1, 2, 3... Knuckles. And Knuckles and, and CD. Like, that's it. And no matter what version of the game you buy, it comes with all those games. Like, yeah, that, but then they have part, stuff, random shit, like an sure, animated menu. Sure, but it's not like, it's not like, here's Sonic Origins, but it only comes with Sonic 2, and then you've got to pay so much more to get the deluxe version that comes with CD. Like, the games are all in there. It's just, it's just a bunch of extra cosmetic-y bullshit, which... I'll probably end up getting because I'm such a fucking sucker for Sonic, but uh, I I don't know. Like the games are the games. Also, emulate just emulate the fucking games. Just emulate the games. But I mean, did you? They, see, they've been out know. there forever. I I guess my there's there's a lot here to unpack, and most recently they added into that that 
much like Rockstar, they're pulling all their standalone Sonic games ahead of the mm-hmm. uh, Origins version. And I don't think that this is going to run into the technical issues that the Grand Theft Auto games did, but that the bummer there was if you wanted to play those, you had to buy the broken version, where the ones before it were fine, and the, they were the non-mobile ports. I, I just think that it's the whole grid that they sent out is really fucking confusing. Um, it, it, I mean, it, there's, there's two versions of the game. This chart is stupid, but there are two versions of the game. There's a standard edition that is just the games, and there's a digital deluxe version that has a bunch of extra bullshit on it, and then in addition to those things, there's some free DLC that starts that, that comes out when the game comes out. Well, we found the Sonic apologist here. We well, and fair, fair. I, I don't think this is. It's not. It's not like they're selling five different editions of the game, despite it's just what this dumb chart makes it look like. It's I just get that. frustrating. When companies like Sega make it as confusing as fucking possible for people to determine what version of this game do I need to buy, and then also locking idiotic things like animated menu or like a larger soundtrack or whatever coins are. Sonic doesn't even use coins, he uses rings. What are you doing? Right. What are you doing, Sega? He does use rings. That is Uh, pretty dumb. Speaking of. Yeah, so. I don't know. It's just, it's another example of corporations corporating and... These are the best Sonic games, though. That's (laughs) true. That is true. Outside of Sonic Mania, like, these are basically all the good Sonic games. You could could make an argument for maybe Adventure 2, but uh, this is pretty much it. These are the ones you'd want. This is it. This is the list. Are you at this, Chase? I mean, it's gonna go in his, his I, one favorite on his Switch. I have, it's like I have all of these games already in so many different formats. I don't need mm-hmm. this, but you need it, right? I don't know. I'll probably end up getting it. Sure, why not? Right. Uh, yeah. So that's my my, my my argument is that Knuckles is awesome, but he's pointless to use in Sonic Two. Because even though you'll get some cool uh, one-up opportunities that you'd never get uh, if you were just playing a Sonic or Tails, uh, when you get to one of the boss fights against Eggman, Knuckles can't jump high enough. So he... he it's bad. Bad. That's, Knuckles is perfect in Sonic 2 for so long, and then you get to that one boss fight where he can't jump high enough to get over the boss, and then, well, this is dumb. This, that's, this that's, is pointless. That seems kind of dumb. That's my uh, hot take. All right. Uh, so, Halo Infinite uh, season two is coming out pretty soon, May sixth, I believe. Uh, and they're adding uh, King of the Hill uh, and Land Grab as another mode. Also, they uh, should put Mean Bean Machine in in this collection. What the fuck are you doing? That's that would be that's it. the only Sonic game you need. That's, that is that is the best Sonic game. And it's not even a Sonic game. It's a Dr. Robotnik's Meet Me Machine game. That's what it is. Uh, and category. And uh, the new Sonic movie, uh, Dr. Robotnik's sidekick owns a coffee shop called The Mean Bean. And I thought that was kind of good. I thought that was pretty That's good. That's pretty good. Um, so Halo is adding 
what sounds oh we're talking about the halo tv show yeah no okay cool never again uh where the hell is it in this article What's it it's called? A, it's a battle royale called Last, Last Spartan Standing. Standing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not a hundred v. It's not a. It's not a hundred Spartans. It's how many is it? Twelve or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a battle royale, but it is elimination based. Uh, you have five lives. Once you're out, you're out. You start with a lower tier weapon, but if you score a kill, five you can lives. Yeah. So this is like. Almost like gun game a little bit too. It's yeah. Super Smash Brothers. That's what it is. Yeah, you start with a lower tier weapon, but if you score a kill, you can level up to a higher tier one, discouraging folks from from simply hiding out in a corner. I there's also a constricting danger zone that helps with that, and random weapon drops occur throughout rounds. So it's kind of a hodgepodge of. So they fixed Halo Infinite, is what I'm hearing. No, is Halo Infinite fixed no. that. No, no. <laughs> so let me tell you about that. <laughs> As they announced the season, which had been pushed back mm-hmm. multiple times, they 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 can. No, it hasn't. This it's game, always been coming out in May. This this game was delayed a year. The campaign co-op was supposed to be coming out alongside this. Mm-hmm. That's not. But been they've decided. said they're doing this for the well-being of their team. So I I'm can't sure. really fault yes. them for that. Yeah, let's let's pull that veil out. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Else. Do you think that they should crunch themselves to death so they get the co-op and forge mode out on time? I, I, I mean, this is the first that they've mentioned the well-being of their team in the two years that they've had to push this game back. Um, I don't know about that. I don't think so. I wish they would have made a better game, though. Correct. What I'm getting at is the co-op campaign is still not being delivered, but we get this mm-hmm. fucking ham-fisted take on a battle royale. It does. It does feel a little weird to yes. have a have a thing that we've never heard before yes. get announced and have a date before oh, yes. the thing that they have. This has now. been rumored forever. Like they're Rum- rumored, but yeah, every like, Halo game co-op campaign, campaign is not is not yeah, a rumor. Co-op playable. campaign is something we know is going to come, mm-hmm. but it's just still not here. That is that is a little bit weird. And so they're pushing that shit back by months. They also have now said that the season two is going to go for what six months three months something like that long time yeah but again a long time because they they don't want to kill their team so i get I, that. i'm telling i'm telling you you guys should just watch the halo tv show and then no. you'll never care about halo again and everything's no, fine here's my you won't, you won't you won't care that the game's being delayed because you don't want to play anything that has to do with halo ever again here's all i'll say all right, and then we'll put it to bed. Oh, you said enough. You're going to tell me you... that 343 is going to uh-huh. get out in front of all of us, the same fucking people that has watched Microsoft throw war chest of money at Activision to get them out of their bullshit and all that other stuff, and they can't pay or hire more people to make this game the way that they want it to be. You can't compete in that area and continually put your battle passes and all this shit out there and have it go for this duration and be relevant. People are going to top that out. Yeah, dude, the, the daily player count is has slipped a lot since the so game came out. what I'm getting at is I don't, I don't want know. people to fucking break their backs here. I don't want that. I don't want crunch. Microsoft has the money to put... They, Halo is the they, mascot of fucking Microsoft. No, Bobby, you know that, that throwing more people at a problem doesn't necessarily solve it. You yeah. could add they you could have, have 30 more guest hosts to the casual yeah. hour, and we'd still have Johnny on here. So um, we still we still would so, have the same problem. And they, they already have a whole external studio 
that helps them with all their multiplayer stuff. Um, then I would so reevaluate a few things. I don't think yeah, necessarily. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that the number of people working on this game is necessarily the issue. It sounds like from some of the reporting that's come out, like it's a deeper seated. Like things have just been kind of like if you look at Halo Four and Halo Five, Not you know, it's kind of amazing that the game turned out gameplay wise as well as it did last year. I, I'm so look. I don't care at the end of the day like if this was a season that was going to be well polished and shorter like i still wouldn't fucking complete it it's not my fucking rock to push here it's just funny to me that halo which more or less built the xbox mm-hmm. is not getting more support all it's that not harsh. it's not as relevant as yeah it i, I think and it hasn't been for a long time it doesn't matter to them as much anymore. Forza, I would say, is a more valuable property than Halo for them in in many ways. Sure. Um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you have people, you have old... Gear, like for a while, Gears was more important than Halo mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a certain time period. Maybe not anymore, but... I guess, I guess for me, when I hear a lot of major outlets, people I know, etc., Halo's back, it's game of the year, all that other shit maybe strike while the iron's a bit hot and try and deliver on some of these things that you've said you were going to deliver on. We got a television yeah. show. What's hotter than that? I don't know. He's naked in it. I, I would imagine the people who want to have that stuff in there the most are the ones who are working on the game. And there has to be some complexity that's causing them to not be able to deliver that. I think that they're... Sure. Hyper aware of how much that stuff is missing and how much people love those features. So I don't think bashing on the people that make the product is the right thing to do. I'm not bashing um, on the people. I'm bashing on the people that own the people. Sure. So, you know, Microsoft is the one that assembled the studio and. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm talking about. Yeah. So, like, it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's sad. It is sad. But, it just feels like um, a lot of excuses is all. And I and and the one that I get behind is take care of your people. But that's also bigger mm-hmm. than three four three for Microsoft. Yeah. Also, video games are hard. It's just, it's nigh on impossible and to make a video this, game. The, this is the fourth uh Halo game that three four three has attempted to make. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess you could say more since Master Chief Collection has multiple games in it, but sure. I don't, I don't think any of them have been very good. Like, I, I just don't think... I think they've lo- missed some of the magic that Bungie had when they made those games. And that's that's what made me so excited about Infinite when it came out, is because it felt... It felt really good to play, despite mm-hmm. the things that were missing. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Amy Henning. She worked at Naughty Dog for a long time. Uh, and she was work. Was she? Was she was working on thirteen thirteen. Yep. Yep. And yeah, then that got also canceled. The other one that she was doing, I thought that looked like it was on a variation of Tatooine. Tatooine, and it, like had that like really cool mm-hmm. like camera coming in over. Yeah. The person was. Um. Name? So she's worked on a couple of things that have gotten scrapped, but uh, they just announced a brand new Star Wars game that she's going to be working on uh, with collab- in collaboration with Lucasfilm Games. And 
did they announce a title for anything for this? But no, it is no, no. this is this is like very very early. Uh, but it is a narrative driven action adventure game featuring an original story in the Star Wars galaxy, and I think that is very exciting. I think the the last game that Amy Hennig has a credit on is Battlefield Hardline as a writer. Oh, damn, from twenty fifteen. That's fucked up. Pretty sad. Uh, I mean, she she also has a writer credit on For Spoken, which is coming out this year. So that's oh, something. Cool. But yeah, like she hasn't she hasn't been a game director since Jack Three in two thousand four. So that's damn. You know, kind of, yeah, it's like she she has a, a good track record of work. Like we know that she's worked on all the Uncharted stuff as as creative director and writer parts on there. She's worked on Legacy of Kane. She's worked on. Uh, Michael Jordan Chaos in the Windy City. Everybody knows that. Oh, um, like she's nothing hit maker, but uh, it it is it is kind of crazy that she hasn't gotten to make her game for forever. What feels like yeah, ever. Yes, yeah. kind of nuts. Um, speaking of kind of nuts. Oh, no, oh. not really. This isn't that wasn't a great segue. Uh, Chase, we can yeah. take our analog pockets and chuck them out the window. Oh, guess, thank God. Because guess what? You what? GBA coming to Switch. Oh, what? What? Apparently. What games? What games? You know, uh says the, the data miners tested Metroid Fusion. So oh, God, there we go. Chase loves uh, Metroid. Jiggy-san will be excited, I guess. There's a, a handful that they've pulled out. Some that have been functioning. So you've got things like... According to the Look tweet on. here from Mondo Mega, you've got Astro Boy. This thing's out. Drill Dozer. Really? Zero. Astro Boy and Mega Factor? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that's a surprisingly good game. Uh, uh, you've got Harvest Moon, Meg- Friends of Mineral Town, Kingdom Hearts, Me- Mega Man Battle Network 5, and 2. Mario Kart Super Circuit, Mario oh, Tennis Power oh. Tour, Ooh, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. No. Mr. Driller 2. Oh. Uh, Pokemon Luigi Dungeon, Red Rescue Team, Pokemon Pinball, oh. Ruby and Sapphire. Mm-hmm. You've got Super Mario Advance, Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Robot. That, that game's already basically on. Okay. Uh, you've got Yoshi's Island, Super Mario Advance 3. You've got Minish you Cap. Can em- you can emulate all these games. That's true. Hey, Chase, this is going to be on the Switch. You want everything on the Switch. You should be happy. I- I, I do. I, okay. As a Switch purist, you should be happy. Hey, uh, you know, there's a Game Boy Advance game. It's called Mother 3. Do you think that's going to show up on this service? No. 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 I don't. That's, that's going to be on your pocket. No, I take that yeah. back. That's going to be on your play date. Somebody on itch will make that. Yeah, you think somebody will make a play date version of that? That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Uh, um, it's cool. I mean, look, like this is probably going to be paywalled behind the new expansion plus that came out with the Animal Crossing DLC. This absolutely it will. They need and to add more value to that. They need to add more right value. Now, to that. It's still, it still feels like a ripoff. Correct. Correct. So that's my my thought. It'll live there. Uh, all right. A few more things to go through here. Uh, Activision Blizzard. Lost 60 million active users in the past year, um, which sounds like a whole lot, and it is. 
uh, but they still had 372 million monthly active users as of March 31st. So that's a not insignificant amount of people. Yeah, I mean, they, they basically lost a whole casual hour audience. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, and I, I assume, you know, a lot of this has to do with everything that they've been in the news for. And oh, uh, is that what you assume? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, <laughs> okay. Call of Duty Vanguard was not well received. Uh, you know, I can't. I think WoW has been losing subscribers for a while. You know, uh, they did. They did announce like that new. Is it a full new expansion for WoW? I thought people yes. got. I don't know. Up I know a whole new class, Dragon class, in that. Oh wow! I know uh, Burning Crusade Classic is available. That's that's the that's the version that I played when I played WoW that back in two thousand six. Expansion, right? Yeah, it was. Okay. Blood um, Elves. Yep, I was a Blood Elf Paladin. Yeah, you would. I would. I, um, I, I don't even know what I meant by that. I don't either. Was <laughs> kind of that was that was harsh. Um, our our Blood Elves. Horde or Alliance? Horde. Okay. I thought... I thought... I thought Paladins couldn't be on the Horde. Did they change that for Burning Crusade? Maybe I'm... Uh, I'm looking this up because I'm questioning myself. Yeah, they're in the Horde. For yeah, the horde, they, they could be a paladin. I think that was the thing. Is like it was the first class, first uh -huh. horde group that could be a paladin, maybe. Okay. Uh, but that's what I was. I, I've I've played literally five minutes of World of Warcraft. I should not be saying anything like yeah, I, I talking about. I only played to like level forty six or seven. Uh, so I, I played. I, I played as an undead rogue. Um, I, I was at my friend's house, and I tried to and i stunned got my stun and then i tried to run around the enemy to do the backstab uh -huh. and the enemy unstunned and my friend's like what are you doing like well i was running around to do the backstab he's like what are you talking about just run through him it's like I, this game doesn't have collision it's like no of course it's no you have to run through him to do it like that's stupid and then i then i stopped playing the game and i never played wow again wow yeah that's quite the experience that is. That was wow the experience right there. <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah, so that's we'll see what happens if that deal goes through with Microsoft with them. Um yeah, uh you guys remember Valheim? I do. Nope. I think about that game a lot. So it, it sold over ten million copies since it came out last year, which is awesome for a small little studio like Six that. Six people made that game. Yeah. And um, I know that they just announced the caves, I think back in February as the next biome. And I think there's one other one coming, but they're, they're aggressively working on that game. They're trying to make it happen. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I'm excited to see what they come up with next. And they don't um, even have Microsoft money. No, they don't. Uh, speaking of things that Microsoft might spend their money on. Oh, uh, Word around uh, the campfire is Ubisoft is maybe reportedly up for sale. I've heard that. I've heard and, that they're maybe going to be hmm. stepping out. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, talks are apparently early on, but it includes private equity firms like Blackstone Inc. and KKR and Co. Uh, 
and uh, Ubisoft devs told Kotaku they believe the company will eventually be sold. Um, so this is due, according to developers Kotaku spoke to, due to flagging stock price of Ubisoft over the last year or so. Additionally, uh, Kotaku reports that Ubisoft has been auditing various parts of its business with several outside consultancy firms. And while this is standard practice for any business, Kotaku sources claim this is in preparation for an acquisition. Um, so that would be interesting. You know, it sounds like it's not necessarily going to go to a Microsoft or a Sony or someone like that, but be taken over by uh, a private firm or multiple private firms. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess on one hand, that's a little weird after the Vivendi uh -huh. thing, but, but also, <laughs> also that was a while ago at this point and the mm -hmm. landscape has changed and... Um, you know, if you if you talk to our good friend Jeff Grubb, um, he's he's talking about how every company is having conversations about potential yeah. acquisitions, and sometimes those those things go through, and sometimes they don't. But every yeah. every company is kind of evaluating those options for themselves right now. So I I guess I understand it. I yeah, I and I, I mean they actually. There's all that reporting, you know, about the, the work environment and the culture, and it sounds like maybe, like, there was lots yeah. of, like, uh, people being protected or moved around the company. Uh, that uh, been... Microsoft does love buying companies that have issues. Yeah. So, They're getting very good know. at it. We'll, we'll see what happens there. And finally, uh, I saw this, this article today, and I thought this would be a fun way to close out the podcast. Um, sure. So we all love Pokemon, and yes. uh, I, I I think I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast before, but I feel like the topic of how dark some of the Pokedex Pokedex entries can get we talk, has about come it. up. And yeah, we we might have to go back to like a really old episode. Yeah, like one uh, that, uh, you know, Ryzen was first that, that yeah dark. So GameStop wrote a whole article today. Or GameSpot. Uh, wow. And they wow. they compiled the list of some of the most disturbing uh, Pokedex entries. So I just... Uh, I don't know. How do you, you want me to read some off to you? Do we yeah. just want to pick uh, one? I mean, how about how about this? Uh, you've read this article. I haven't. I have. Yeah. I, I'm assuming, Bobby, you have not read this article? Nope. Bobby, why don't you and I give, a, give like a... A guess at a Pokemon that might be on this list, and like a potential why, and then maybe Johnny can read one or two things to us. Okay, cool. That's so. Good. I, I can start. I, I already talked to Johnny a little bit about this. I, I think this one's actually on the list. I'm not sure, but um, I remember Drifloon, um, especially because that got brought back up in a in a side story for uh, Legends Arceus where uh, Drifloon is known for leading kids into the woods and then abducting them. Like, oh, it's like, oh, I'm just playing with this little balloon Pokemon. And then it's like, yeah, come with me. And then and that kid ain't coming back. Like the, the side, the side uh, mission in Legends Arceus, there's, there's like a kid that's missing from the village and you go to the beach and the beach area and he's, uh, he's there with this Drifloon and he's like, yeah, I was playing with this thing. And then... It, it won't let me go, and I can't go back to my dad. <laughs> and oh my uh, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, um, like it doesn't—it it doesn't end up going anywhere. You kind of just 
separate them, and then the Drifloon's like, okay, well, bye, and it kind of floats away. Yeah. Uh, but I remember that one being pretty dark. So Drifloon is on this list. Okay. Uh, and the Pokedex entry reads, Stories go that it grabs the hand of small children and drags them away to the afterlife. Yeah, there you go. It dislikes heavy children. Well, all right. <laughs> well, I would have been fine. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, Bobby, is there a Pokemon you imagine uh, is a little fucked up? Uh, do you have an inkling of a fucked up Pokemon that uh, that might be on this list? Uh, what is the uh, candle Pokemon? Litwick? I think Litwick. Lampent? Has... Chandelure? Chandelure Lit- might have something fucked up to it. Okay. So I mean that's a solid guess. Any any ghost Pokemon I yeah. imagine probably has some Chandler. potential for fucked upness. Not on this list. Okay. Um, I can read us a couple, Johnny. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, I love Beware. Beware is one of my favorite Pokemon. Beware, that's a good one. Yep, I, I think I kinda remember very that. good. Uh, Isn't it that it like crushes people? This this Pokemon has the habit of hugging its companions. Many trainers have left this world after their spines were squashed by its hug. <laughs> That's fucked up. Oof. Um, Man, imagine being the beware. It's like you've you've been caught by this trainer. That's your friend. You hug him. He dies. What do you do? What do you yeah. like? Are you like a dog in that situation that just kind of like sits next to him or or barks for help, or are you like a cat that like just decides to eat its face after a little while? Ugh, I don't like that. Yeah, that's why Bobby uh, has dogs. Yes, <laughs> small right. dogs. I'll, small, I'll, small tiny dogs. I'll read a couple more here. Uh, well, Houndoom, what about the, the ice yeah. cream cone Pokemon. It's not on oh, this list. Vanillax, vanilla ice. Something, yeah. something fucked up. Houndoom, Houndoom. That one. Yes. Uh, what, what can I remember about Houndoom? Uh, Houndoom. Uh, it's something about like it's got like a poison. So like even when it burns you. You're like still the flames it breathes when angry contain toxins. If yeah, they there a, you go. If they cause a burn, it will hurt forever. God, it's fucked um, up. So this okay. The one for Mimikyu reads like almost like creepy pasta. Well, I mean the Mimikyu thing, like that's that's like that's barely even like that's just what the Pokemon is. The whole thing is like right. you don't know what the fuck is under this thing, and it just. Hides under the Pikachu uh, blanket to to like let things potentially love it, right? Yes. Sorry. Go, go, go. What's the Mimikyu thing? Uh, a gust of wind revealed what hides under this Pokemon's rag to a passing trainer, who went home and died painfully that very night. Oh God! Uh, all, right. All, right. all right. And then, uh, okay, one more. This is. I think this might be the most fucked up one. Uh, it's okay. for it's for Palisand. Palacine okay. is known as the beach nightmare. It pulls its prey down into the sand by controlling the sand itself, and then it sucks out their souls. So it's basically like a beach dementor. Seems it seems like extra steps. What do you what do you need the body for if you're just going to take the soul anyway? Well, like, what you, need, you need to trap it so it can't get away while you're sucking its soul out. So so this thing so this you're thing filled with terror. Yeah. And then, yeah. This thing basically puts you into a grave, like sucks you six feet down, and then says, oh, by the way, I'm taking your soul now, so your body, like, hey, you know what? 
Saved a lot of money on a funeral right there. Yeah. In a way, that's a, that's a happy ending. Yeah, We're allowed buddy. to show them nude because they ain't got no soul. Um, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. There it is. Thank you. There it is. Johnny, thank you so much for taking us through the news. That was a fun time. We've covered a lot of ground this evening on our show, and we're going to be wrapping up here. I want to say thank you to anybody who stopped by. First time viewer, we appreciate it. Uh, we do a lot of fun stuff here for the casual hour. We're more than just pretty faces talking about video games. We actually play them for you live a few nights a week. As Chase and I talked about Monday nights, casual Mondays, we have been playing Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, which is a ton of fun. You can go and check out our previous stream of that. It's also up on YouTube. Um, if you want to follow along with all that, you can do the links right there in chat. Maybe? No? Streamlabs isn't one working? All right, we'll come back to it. Uh, quick looks. Let's talk about that. We've got a few of those up on YouTube as well. SNK vs. Capcom Card Fighters Clash. Chase loves the Switch. I love it too. I love to hate it. Uh, that game from 1999 has made its way onto the Switch, and he showed me that a few months back, and we had a good time doing that quick look. That's up right now. You can go check that out. Uh, we also recorded episode 270, the one that you're either listening to or watching right now. Uh, that's out, ready for you to enjoy. Quick look tomorrow on Thursday, April 28th, is going to be Buck Up and Drive, a really cool kind of outrun style game that one dev made put a lot of passion into. It's a fun fun wild ride. And then Friday night, maybe the most cursed version <laughs> of Casual Fridays yet. We're going to attempt to put all of our bodies onto the internet as we play through Switch Sports, the latest release. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I wonder, I wonder how netcode stuff's going to be um, yeah. and then like just to just to make that work i imagine we're gonna have to uh change our setups a little bit so i i kind of want to be slightly tentative on that but yeah. uh i i would like to play switch sports if that is possible if that That'd fails if that fails we'll play lovers all three of us sure that's fine to me as a backup right because we'll all be there or we can do mario kart who knows we'll do something we'll do anything yeah um but we're going to attempt to play Switch Sports. That does go out this Friday, so that'll be the first day with it. We'll see what that's all about. Chase, you teased this earlier in the episode tonight that uh, mm -hmm. you and Johnny had finally done something. What exactly have you done? We did. We finished our Nuzlocke run of Pokemon Shining Pearl. Uh, had a good time with that. You know what? If you've listened all the way to this point, I, I don't mind telling you. We won. We oh, did it. Man. Nice. We we lost a we lost a few Pokemon. We uh, we didn't understand why that melodic had a flame orb, but we do now, and that's fucked up. It's you know what you did, Cynthia. You you horrible horrible person. Yeah. You. Um, but we we paid it through. Had a great time, and uh, and that was a lot of fun. So that's that's you can watch the whole series, all sixteen parts, on my YouTube channel, Chasey K Plays. And then uh, I'll be I'll be figuring out something new to put on that channel here real soon. Chase, you and I got some emails today. We did. Some very exciting emails. Maybe we'll do something with those here soon. Yeah, I, I you know that's a it's a date. It's a date. It's a play date. 
Yeah, I would love to have a play date with you. That'd be fun. All right. Maybe we will. Uh, that is episode 270 of the Casual Hour. Thank you, everybody. Uh, as we mentioned, we'll be live again on Friday. And if you're listening to this, tune back in tonight at 10.30 p.m. Central right here on the Casual Hour or twitch.tv slash casual hour. Uh, thanks, everybody, for stopping by. Appreciate you two being here tonight. I'm glad that you eat cereal like normal human beings and not monsters. Uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye.